0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a new survey shows that Tesla is the most desired car in not only most of the United States, but also around the world. Plus, Tesla continues to dominate California car sales, Giga India rumors heat up, a coalition of seven legacy automakers commit to a new nationwide fast charging network, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, your Tesla unofficial podcast. It's episode 417 for July 30th, 2023. Well a quick PSA to get things started here, I wanted to let all of you know that I will be going on a family vacation this coming week. But as usual with Ride the Lightning, the show does go on. I have a great show already prepared for you, locked and loaded in the back end, so uh, there will be no vacation keep listening as you always would. I, I, can't, I can't have my consecutive episodes, consecutive week streak go away now. So uh, I've planned ahead. I have a good podcast full of new material for you. Now it won't be timely material like it usually is because I won't be around for that, but I've got something fun and interesting. At least I think it's fun and interesting planned. So I do hope you enjoy next week's podcast. But if you don't, that's okay. You can't please everybody all the time. And I'll be back with episode on 419 with the usual format of all the reactions and analysis to the latest and greatest breaking news in the world of Tesla. So I am looking forward to getting away and having a week of fun with my family uh, as I'm lucky enough to get to do a couple of times a year. And I appreciate all of you allowing me to go do that, continuing to listen, continuing to support the podcast here. Now, speaking of fun, Tesla has been having more fun with the Cybertruck wraps that they've been putting on to the, uh, the engineering prototypes, the release candidates that are running around the San Francisco Bay Area. So I talked about the camo wrap. Well, now they've shown a Black Matrix camo wraps, just a, a different flavor of camouflage wrap. But then the one that really, I I just, I think you can't help but laugh in a, not laughing at it or laughing at what it's doing, but just just laughing at the fact that they did it. Like you just take a look at this. I very much encourage you to Google image search this if you haven't seen it already. And what I'm referring to is the Ford F-150 Lightning Wrap that Tesla put on one of the prototype Cybertrucks. So you look at it and it's, it kind of looks like a Ford F-150 Lightning, but obviously it's got the uh, angles and shape of the Cybertruck. I, it's, I think it's hilarious and I don't really even think, I don't interpret it as making fun of Ford or making fun of the Lightning. I just think they're, they're just having fun with it. Like, you know, the whole point of the camouflage with, with most automakers is to try and hide the new uh, as-yet-unreleased vehicle that they're driving around testing. Tesla, as I've said, you know, when when originally talking about the camouflage wraps, Tesla knows they can't hide the Cybertruck. I just think they're having a whole lot of fun with this, with like, okay, well, well, we'll camouflage it as an F-150 Lightning. You gotta take a look at it. It's all over the internet, and I think you will get a good chuckle out of it too. Now, some folks out there are optimistically thinking that, well, this means Tesla is testing out doing factory wraps for the Cybertrucks. And while I hope that those folks are correct, because hey, more options, more choices is always a nice thing to have. Given Tesla's devotion, I think, it's, I think that's a strong enough word, it's a fair word, devotion to manufacturing efficiency and keeping things as simple as possible, when manufacturing the cars. Again, I just think the engineers are having fun with these engineering prototype trucks and I don't think we're going to be seeing a Ford F150 Lightning wrap that you can actually get at least in any sort of official capacity from Tesla for your Cybertruck. Although speaking of the F150 Lightning, These latest spy pics of the Cybertruck did confirm beyond any shadow of a doubt, although I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but just casting any doubt away that the frunk does open like the lightnings does. In other words, the entire front clamshell of the Cybertruck opens up, not just the hood or in the Cybertruck's case, you could even call it a lid, if you will, the way that the the frunk opens on the other four Teslas, on all of our cars, it's just the top. It's just the hood. While on the Cybertruck, it is the entire front of the Cybertruck opens up. So it'll just make it easier to load things in and out of the frunk because you won't have to lift them all the way up and over the front of the Cybertruck. The entire front will be open. You can just slide stuff in there as, uh, Ford has done with the F-150 Lightning, which customers love. So glad to see Tesla is doing that. While we're on the subject of fun, we're going to keep going because that's hopefully the entire podcast is fun. It can't, every, every now and again, you know, I have to do a, a story that's not fun, but we're keeping it rolling for this week. So speaking of fun, I decided this week not to tie this week's Patreon poll to any of the news items, like I usually do. Instead, I just decided to choose a very light, very fun, evergreen topic, and that was this. Which of the currently available Teslas, meaning the Cybertruck and the Next Gen Roadster are ineligible, which of the currently available Teslas do you think is the most aesthetically beautiful? The results were, the winner wasn't a surprise, but the ratios, the percentages here did surprise me. So with, I think, more votes than any Patreon poll I've ever done, again, these are open to the public. You do not have to be backing me or supporting me on Patreon to vote in these. Just go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Usually every Tuesday night, although given that I'll be on my family trip, uh, I, there will probably not be a, uh, a poll this week or a lightning round. So again, I, I hope you'll, uh, you'll allow me the time to, to get away with my family and recharge a little bit, but the results of this week's Patreon poll, I'm not surprised that the model S won. that is what I would choose, but 71% of you voted for the model S And the other four vehicles, because the original Roadster does count, it's not in production, but it is available. You can go buy one if you want to. So the other four Teslas were all pretty much dead even with the scraps. 8% for the Model 3, that was second place. So the winner had 71%, the Model S. The Model 3 coming in second at 8%. And then 7% each for the x why and original roadster a couple of the comments from you kind folks on Patreon, uh, David Emmett saying model S is holding up well as one of the best looking cars on the road in any category. Glad they have not radically changed it. And I hope they don't. So I agree with you there. Certainly David, the Tesla barbarian saying on physical aesthetics, the model S stands alone. That is a fierce and unforgettable vehicle. For sure. And then David J. Howes says, I'm on my second X. I haven't found a car that I like better for the way it looks or the way it drives. And also on the Model X bandwagon, The Flow, saying, the S looks sweet, but I really crave the X-Wing fighter gullwing doors with the Christmas light show. So thanks to everybody for voting. Thanks to those of you who took the extra time to leave a comment as well. I decided to keep this train of thought rolling down the tracks. And I ended up doing an entire lightning round mini episode for the Patreon backers at that $10 a month tier or higher. This was uh, this was the subject of that as well. So I did 22 or so minutes ranking all the Teslas that are available. So again, leaving the Cybertruck out, leaving the next gen Roadster out, but the other five Uh, I talked about how I would rank them from most attractive to least attractive. And so if you are backing me on Patreon, which if you are, I kindly thank you for doing so because this is a free podcast, you guys backing me on Patreon, you keep me going. You really honestly do. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, if you want to jump on Patreon to hear that and the other 56 lightning rounds, there's quite the archive building up now, over a year's worth. You can head on over to t- to patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can find all the information about the different support tiers and all the little perks and benefits that each tier has over there. Uh, a reminder, too, Patreon has just enabled the seven-day free trials That's uh, specifically I've enabled it for that $10 a month tier, so, if you'd like to see what getting early access to the podcast is all about, as well as getting access to those lightning round episodes, you can sign up for that free seven day trial at patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. All right, on with the news proper here. First up this week, according to Auto Trader, the brand that the USA, state by state and the plurality of the world, wants to buy more than any other is a tesla auto traders summed it up as follows saying tesla came out as the car brand people are looking to buy the most across the world topping the tables as the most googled car for sale in 39 countries it came first in the usa as well as canada france spain germany australia the uae and scandinavia now, Auto Trader tabulated their data as follows. It was Google search data was used to establish the annual search volume from January 2022 to December 2022 in each of these countries and each US state for buy plus car brand and also the search term car brand for sale. So those were the search terms that they used for 203 different car manufacturers The most searched for car manufacturer is named as the car brand that country or region wants to buy the most, and they claim their data is correct as of June 2023. Now, if you're curious about the state-by-state breakdown here in the USA, I'm not going to run through the entire thing because I want to be respectful of your time, but I will give you a regional summary. The entire western half of the United States went with Tesla. The entire Eastern seaboard on down to and including Florida is Tesla. Hawaii, you guessed it, Tesla. Most of the middle of the country, Jeep, minus Illinois, North Dakota, and Wisconsin, which are all Tesla. The total tallies are Tesla with exactly half of the United States at 25, Jeep at 21, Toyota at three, and Michigan, home of the big three in Detroit, well, their their most wanted car, per those search terms, a Land Rover, (laughs) go figure at that. Well, I'll be interested to see if the Cybertruck happens to move the needle on this at all in one year from now. Perhaps some of those middle America states that buy a lot of trucks and do lots of Googling about buying trucks might start Googling about buying a Cybertruck. And then in a couple years after that, I'll wanna see these results again when the generation three vehicle, I could see tipping even more states into Tesla's favor on this. On a related note this week and no surprise, the Model Y and Model 3 lead California car sales all year through June. I saw this on Drive Tesla Canada who writes, According to data from the California New Car Dealers Association published this past week, the Model Y led all vehicle sales through June with a total of nearly 75,000 registrations. This not only made it the most popular EV, but also the top-selling light truck, according to the CNCDA's classifications. Considering that the same category, the next closest vehicle there, wasn't close at all with the Toyota RAV4 accumulating just 26,000 and change registrations during the same time period. So about a third as many. Rounding out the top five in that category were the Ford F-Series, 21,288, Toyota Tacoma, 19,000 plus, and Chevy Silverado, 18,731. Outside of the light truck classification, The Model 3 was the second most popular vehicle overall with 41,718 registrations from January to June, placing it at the top of the passenger car category. Much like its bigger sibling, the Model 3 dominated its category, outselling the Toyota Camry, 27,000 plus, the Honda Accord, just under 21,000, and the Honda Civic 20,358, also the Toyota Corolla in there at sixteen five. Add it all up and Tesla was unsurprisingly the best-selling brand in California in the first six months of the year with 69,212 registrations compared to second place Toyota, not too far behind, 67,482. That 69,212, so, so close to the uh, the appropriately hilarious Elon favorite number of 69,420. We just, what come on California, you couldn't have done 208 more, <laughs> more new vehicle registrations? 208, that's all we needed. Anyway, uh, in terms of market share now, the Model Y holds a 11.9% market share in the category here in California, while the Model 3 has an even more impressive 14.9% market share in the passenger car segment. That helped push the overall battery electric vehicle market share in California to 21.1% through June, ahead of the 16.4% market share recorded for last year. The 191,000 plus BEV registrations through June is already nearly 30,000 units higher than all of the BEVs sold in California in 2021, and if the pace continues in the second half of 2023, it should easily surpass and break the record set in 2022 of 260,233 battery electric vehicle registrations. Well, you can see the trend this is on. This is not likely to end anytime soon, if ever, for both BEVs in general, but specifically, for Tesla as well. Now, I don't mean ever literally, like it's not gonna end if ever, but the Model 3 is about to get revamped, so demand there is gonna no doubt be renewed, not that it's suffering now. The Model Y is already a juggernaut, and the Generation 3 car is going to cement Tesla's place at the top of the California sales list for probably, and and here I'm being serious, no exaggeration, probably years to come once that car comes out and gives, you got to give it a little time to hit volume production, but once it does, good luck to any other car vying for that number one spot in California. Again, not that there won't be other good offerings out there, those will come, but nobody is going to be able to beat the generation three cars value proposition. Just like No one else can match the Model Y's value proposition now, even though, again, there are other good electric crossover SUVs out there, but in terms of that overall value proposition, range, performance, safety, technology, driver assistance, it's Tesla, it's Tesla all the way. So to sum all this up, what I'm effectively saying here is that I think Tesla's lead is going to widen in the state of California in the next three to five years, despite more and more legacy automakers going electric and building good, compelling EVs. That is how confident I am in the Model Y, in the new Model 3, and especially that Generation 3 car for $25,000. Next up this week, Tesla's first EV plant stoppage appears to have begun as warned on the uh, earnings call just recently and it's at the Fremont factory just one week after Elon Musk said that those production facilities would be closed at various times in the third quarter to perform plant upgrades the story comes via tesla Roddy, who writes it appears that tesla is already beginning the upgrades at fremont as noted by met god in the wilderness on youtube that's the channel name who flies a drone over the production plant once a week. Logistics lots were seen nearly empty. Entrances to those lots were closed. And haulers were nowhere to be seen, likely because there's nothing rolling off the production line. Now, as of when I made these notes compared to now, activity has resumed at Fremont. So if if it was indeed a shutdown for upgrades, it was brief. But still uh, there were, there were clear and convincing signs that production was not happening, uh, on, on one or more production lines in Fremont this past week. And, and while I look at it this way, if you're Tesla, you might as well do it at the beginning of a quarter. So that way you've got more of a chance to press the fast forward button on production at the end of the quarter to try and make up for the downtime. And as I mentioned last week, when Elon had uh, said that this was coming on the earnings call, this is no doubt for the Project Highland Model 3 revamp. I don't know what else it could realistically be. And we already know from previous reports that Elon got a look at the first Highland prototypes coming off of the Giga Shanghai production line when he visited that factory back in June. So the timeline here all makes sense, that these Fremont shutdowns would be retooling for the Highland. The point is, we are getting closer. I mean, hey, we're already heading into August. So we're no more than six months away from Highland, possibly less than that. Speaking of the Generation 3 car, as I was mentioning it a, a minute or two ago, Tesla via Reuters here, is discussing a factory plan for a new $24,000 car with the India commerce minister. So again, I saw this on Reuters who writes, Tesla representatives are set to meet India's commerce minister this month to discuss plans to build a factory to produce what the company has described as an all new $24,000 car, a person with direct knowledge of the matter told Reuters. Tesla has expressed an interest in building a factory in India that would produce low-cost EVs for the local market and for export, the person said, adding that the company had indicated that it would be for the new vehicle. The discussions represent a sharp reversal for the company after efforts last year to reduce import taxes on EVs shipped to India were scuppered by calls from government officials to commit to making cars locally. The meeting with the commerce minister would be the highest level discussions between Tesla and the, and the Indian government since June when Elon Musk met India's prime minister Narendra Modi and said he intended to make a significant investment in the country. So if like me, you're wondering, well, wait a second, where did this oddly specific $24,000 figure come from? Well, Reuters added that the $24,000 target price for the new Tesla vehicle translates to 2 million rupees, of course, the currency in India. So that is where that figure comes from. Okay, so at this point, you've got to say, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and take it easy, any fudsters listening to this, it's just a figure of speech I'm not talking about a literal fire in a Tesla factory, but anyway, seriously though, I mean, that does sum it up. There's just way too much noise here going on with India for this to not be a real thing. And I know that nothing's official until contracts are signed, but really Giga India seems more like a when, not an if at this point. And if that feeling is correct, When that happens, it would give Tesla its second Gigafactory in Asia, meaning the Gigafactories per continent leaderboard would look like this. North America, four Gigafactories, five if you do count the the Fremont factory, which officially isn't a Gigafactory, so all right, we can just say four. Asia would have two, the India plant plus, of course, Giga Shanghai, and Europe, One with Giga Berlin. Tesla is probably going to want at least one Gigafactory on every non-Antarctic continent in order to make the Gen 3 car in the numbers that they're talking about three to five million units per year. So when the India announcement is official, it will hardly be the last Gigafactory announcement. Next this week... A thank you goes out to Will Garcia from Connecticut for sharing this excellent Tesla news from his state. Tesla Owners Club Connecticut President Richard Jordan posted to the club's Facebook page saying this, I can now publicly confirm the rumors and officially announce that Tesla will indeed be selling and delivering cars at Mohegan Sun. They have signed a lease to occupy what was formerly a Victoria's Secret store. They do plan on starting deliveries before the showroom is completed. I do not have a set date for when the deliveries will start, but the showroom is expected to be open by the fall. So instead of going out for dinner and a show, now one can go out for dinner and a Tesla. That is, of course, if you don't lose your shirt at the tables. And he continues saying, I wouldn't be surprised if Rivian and perhaps Lucid didn't follow Tesla's lead. This is a smart competitive slash business decision on Mohegan Sun's part because they will now have a whole new group of people coming to their casino that otherwise might not. Also, it wouldn't surprise me if Foxwoods didn't approach those other two companies about setting up stores at their casino for the same reason slash benefit that Mohegan Sun now has. Thank you again to Will and thank you to Richard Jordan and thank you to Tesla and to the Mohegan Sun and the, and the uh, native tribe there. I mean, we've seen Tesla employ this strategy in other states where the car dealer associations have somehow managed to successfully block direct-to-consumer vehicle sales. The fact is, as we all know, the Native Americans aren't subject to those same archaic dealer protecting laws on their native lands. And so Tesla's smart to make a deal with the tribes. They did it in New Mexico, and it's great to see that Connecticut Tesla owners, both present and future, will now be able to take delivery of their cars in their home state, rather than having to travel out of state to pick up your new car. And as Mr. Jordan said, I completely agree. It is a smart business opportunity for the tribes as well. It's really, it's a win for everyone involved, well, except the legacy auto dealers, who, by the way, did make a little announcement complaining about this. Uh, I'm not gonna read it to you because it's nonsensical and dumb, but you love to see it. You love to see the, uh, the outsmarting of these just archaic, anti-consumer dealer laws and to finish up this week with a national story because I've been doing a few regional ones here this week a group of seven major automakers announced a plan to create a new charging network of more than 30,000 chargers across North America starting next year I saw this via Ars Technica with a tip of the cap to the Tesla Motors Reddit that's where I first became aware of it Ars Technica writes, BMW, General Motors, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mercedes-Benz, and Stellantis are creating a joint venture to significantly expand the number of fast charging sites in the US and Canada. The sites will use the new National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Guidelines, which means among other things, 97% uptime for each charging port the sites will support both CCS1 and NACS plugs, and the chargers will also support the plug in charge protocol. Quote, North America is one of the world's most important car markets, with the potential to be a leader in electromobility. Accessibility to high-speed charging is one of the key enablers to accelerate this transition. Therefore, seven automakers are forming this joint venture with the goal of creating a positive charging experience for EV consumers. The BMW group is proud to be among the founders. That quote coming from BMW group CEO, Oliver Zipsy. The group says it plans to start deploying chargers along major highways and in metropolitan areas at first, and may target some of the $5 billion in NEVI funding that's now being administered by states in order to build out a national fast-charging network along travel corridors. Another quote, The fight against climate change is the greatest challenge of our time, said Mercedes-Benz Group CEO Ola Kalenius, continuing the quote, What we need now is speed. Across political, social, and corporate boundaries. To accelerate the shift to electric vehicles, we're in favor of anything that makes life easier for our customers. Charging is an inseparable part of the EV experience, and this network will be another step to make it as convenient as possible. End quote. The first stations will be built in the US in 2024, with Canada following at a later date. Well, this is just awesome to hear about. What a good note to go out on on the news block this week. And I will say, I particularly loved the quote from the CEO of the Mercedes group in particular. Because it's true, charging infrastructure is such a huge key to widespread EV adoption. And the fact of the matter is, try as they might, and they've been doing an amazing job thus far, Tesla can't do it themselves. Although, Tesla has been now rewarded with their extreme efforts thus far by way of the NACS being the new standard here in this part of the world. And you know, cynically, you could say, well, these other automakers should have done this five years ago. And I understand that feeling. You're not wrong. But the thing is, the way I look at it, there's nothing to be done about what did or didn't happen in the past. I'm choosing to be optimistic on this, that this is going to be the start of a really great and significant step forward for the entire EV movement. I mean, we know that Tesla isn't stopping their supercharger rollout. Heck, the V4s are going to start rolling out in North America fairly soon, I would expect. And this other fast-charging coalition, we have to remember, it's not going to sprout up overnight. But, as you heard... It will include Tesla's NACS plug, and it's going to be a good thing for everyone. I also want to add one more thing, because I've been critical of these guys, so i got to give them some kudos here. I applaud Stellantis for being a part of this. I have called them out more than once on this podcast for their EV efforts, or lack thereof in my opinion, thus far. So it's only fair that I give them props when they do step up to be a founding member of an important industry-wide effort like this one. So good stuff, Stellantis. Good job to all of those automakers. And hopefully EV travel, no matter what EV you're driving, is going to just continue to get better and easier and more convenient over the next few years. All right. That's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. It was another busy week, but stay tuned. I've got your Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls coming up right after this. Ride the Lightning continues to be brought to you in part by Accelerate Auto's Xcare extended warranty option for your Tesla. This is a company founded by Tesla owners, and in fact, they are former Tesla employees who are picking up where Tesla had left off. Now, of course, Tesla does now offer their own fixed two-year, 25,000-mile extended warranty after a few years, uh, several years, of no longer offering it. But Xcare goes well above and beyond what Tesla's does, covering all the same stuff and more. So Xcare also offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage alongside the 24 hour, seven day a week roadside assistance and the $100 deductibles. But you can go, you don't don't have to just go two years, 25,000 miles, you can if you want to. Xcare offers up to 10 years and up to 125,000 miles after your factory warranty is up. You can also purchase it for any Tesla no matter where you bought it, you don't have to have bought it new from Tesla. And the big thing is that Xcare now, if you wanted to, if you want it as part of your policy, will cover your battery and drivetrain. So that is huge. Check them out, accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. Don't forget to use the discount code lightning for $100 off your purchase. If you do decide to buy a policy for your car, that's XCELERATEAUTO.com slash XCARE discount code LIGHTNING. Meanwhile, uh, another word from our friends at the CCF raffle, the Chicago Chesed Fund, that nonprofit organization dedicated to helping families in crisis. They are doing their ninth annual Tesla raffle to benefit the charity. And so you can win any of the four Teslas. Also a Cybertruck, I don't know how long you'll have to wait for it, but it's part of the raffle, so you get your choice. If you want a Cybertruck, you will get a Cybertruck if you win this raffle, or if you don't want any of the cars, you can take $50,000 in cash as your prize, should you win. So the deadline is coming up pretty quick now, we're in the home stretch. The raffle is Sunday, August 20th, and that's when ticket sales will close, or... Whatever happens first, that or when 9,999 tickets have been sold, so you know you're going to have good odds at this, or at least as good of odds as you could possibly hope for. So head on over to ccfraffle.com, and if you like, you can use the promo code RTL to get $25 off of two tickets, or that same promo code, can get you $500 off of 15 tickets. So again, the promo code RTL and the website CCFRAFFLE.com, and it's for a good cause, so check that out.
1: Hi, this is Franz von Holtzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast.
0: I've got so many of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls queued up and ready to go. But before I get to them, let me first tell you how you can call into the Ride the Lightning hotline if you feel so inspired. If you've got a Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic, there are two ways that you can call in and possibly be featured here on the podcast. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's toll free. You can call it up anytime, day or night. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's one 989 T-S-L-A, and if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. Let's kick it off with Dee, Dee from Maplewood, New Jersey, with a topic that's no doubt on a lot of folks' minds right now.
2: Hi Ryan, Dee Dee from Maplewood, New Jersey. Quick question: You went over uh, Elon's transferring of full self-driving a one-time offer uh, to those who want to purchase a new car, uh, as long as it's uh, you receive delivery on it by the end of this upcoming quarter or this current quarter three. Um, my question is: What are the odds of getting hardware for if I do this and order a Model Y? I'm assuming if it can't be guaranteed yet, as I understand it can't, that the longer I wait, the better. So then my follow-up second question would be, how late do you think I could get away with waiting in order to ensure that the Model Y still arrives in time? My original strategy, frankly, was to refuse delivery if it didn't have hardware uh, for. Uh, However, one of the clauses you cited said that we had to accept delivery, uh, and um, if we refused it, we would still lose the full self-driving transfer, which I think is a ridiculous uh, a clause, frankly, but, um, there you have it. Uh, so therefore it sounds like if I want to take advantage of this, which frankly would be worth it since I paid very little for uh full self driving originally, I would have to buy it as late as possible to ensure it had hardware for, um, and then also make sure that it's delivered by the end of the third quarter. So wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks as always.
0: DD, thanks for the call. And your question is no doubt on the minds of many other folks as well. In fact, I know at least one My friend Chad, who has a model three from a few years ago is trying to do the exact same thing. And he called me earlier this week for the exact same reason. He's primarily interested in this only if he's sure that he's going to get hardware for, and Hey, I don't blame him or you or anyone else for making that kind of the, the crux, the, the driving force behind your, your upgrade here. So, I will tell you what I told my friend Chad. And that is, first of all, I would wait until the end of August to order. So just give it one more month. Now, admittedly, you are a lot farther away from either Giga Texas or the Fremont factory, whereas Chad, who who lives here, could probably get away with ordering his Model Y in, honestly, the last 10 days of the quarter and still get it by September 30th although I certainly wouldn't risk pushing that far. You're gonna have to wait for your vehicle to get transported at least halfway uh, across the country if it's coming from Giga, Texas. But I think you should still be good if you place the order at the end of August, because if you take a look at the design studio for the Model Y, any variant of the Model Y, the wait time is a month. It's short. So anyway, next phase here ordering at the end of August, still would not guarantee that you will get hardware four. But, as this transition on the Model Y from hardware three to hardware four now seems to be happening, your odds go up, naturally, the longer you wait. Now, the other thing that I told Chad, which you could do too, is go to your nearest Tesla delivery center in New Jersey, and taking a look at the map, it looks like you've got one not too far from you in Springfield. I would do that in a few weeks from now, maybe right before you're ready to order, and take a look at the new Model Ys on the lot that haven't been delivered yet. Just walk the lot, take a look, and see if those cars have hardware four. And you can tell if they have hardware four or not from looking at the repeater cameras, the ones on the front fenders, and those cameras look different than the Hardware 3 cameras. I'm talking about the cameras themselves, not the, the black assembly, the housing, but the actual cameras themselves. So if you look at them, they are the cameras are larger, and the lens has a, a red tint to it, to the naked eye. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Google image search that, and you will see what I'm talking about compared to the Hardware 3 cars, that we all have now. And so if you were to do that, if you go to Springfield, to the delivery center, the showroom there, and you don't see any hardware for Model Ys, then you either have to think twice about your order, at least at this time, with this limited time offer FSD transfer deal, or just accept the fact that you might not get a hardware for Model Y, that you might get a hardware three car. in summary, there's unfortunately no way to guarantee that you'd get a hardware 4 Model Y, but those are the two things that I would recommend that you or anyone else do. And Didi, I wish you good luck on it. Next up is Pete from Western Australia with a Cybertruck comment.
3: Good day, Ryan. It's Pete Petrovsky calling from Western Australia. Tesla has many fans around the world, including in right-hand drive markets like Australia. And many of us believe that the Cybertruck will be the best all-round vehicle on the market. Many like myself have placed Cybertruck orders within minutes of it being unveiled almost four years ago, but we are now growing quite anxious. The reason being, as tweeted by the Tesla Owners Club of Western Australia, the photo of the Cybertruck bulkhead clearly shows only a single steering column hole on the left-hand side. As you know, Tesla recently cancelled the Model S and X refresh for right-hand drive markets. Both of these models only had the one single hole on the left-hand side, while in contrast the Model 3 and Y bulkheads have symmetrical holes for both left- and right-hand drive steering columns. Steer-by-wire could be one solution, but then why such a big hole for the steering column. Naturally, you can see why we are growing concerned whether our orders will be cancelled again and when we'll see a right-hand drive version of the Cybertruck which would be perfectly suited for Australian conditions and our vast distances. For example, when the first Model Ys arrived in Western Australia, two days later, Harold Murphy and I began our simultaneous circumnavigations around Australia in opposite directions. We drove almost 14,000 kilometres or about 8,500 miles during our roughly two-week trips. Anyway, just hoping to put it out there in the hope that someone at Tesla hears this. We may be down under, but I hope Tesla doesn't forget about us. Thanks, Ryan, and thank you for being such a great asset to the Tesla community worldwide.
0: Hey, Pete. Well, first of all, that big road trip that you did sounds awesome. What a fun experience that that must have been. Second, I appreciate your call and I empathize with your concern here. I agree with you that the leaked photos that you're referencing are not a good sign for the prospects of a right-hand drive Cybertruck. However, I would absolutely not give up hope just yet. And I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying I definitely wouldn't give up hope yet. The fact that Tesla is only in the very earliest stages of production, I mean, technically, it's still pre-production, with a long production ramp to go and hundreds upon hundreds of thousands, possibly over a million pending reservations, well, Tesla could very well be planning to do right-hand drive Cybertrucks for Australia and perhaps another territory or two like New Zealand, but they're probably just not thinking about it quite yet. Now, I don't mean that to sound disrespectful towards you or any other Australian reservation holders or the right-hand drive markets, but from a purely manufacturing perspective, they may very well have a right-hand drive version on their roadmap for next year or the year after, and they will produce those bulkheads when the time comes, after they've ramped up production and are able to make that changeover on the production line to do right-hand drive versions relatively smoothly. So keep your head up and thank you very much for the call. Next this week, Somi from Vancouver, British Columbia with an urgent safety announcement. Take a listen to this.
4: Hi, Ryan. This is Somi from Vancouver, British Columbia calling again. (laughs) Um, I was going to send this as a pro tip, but honestly, this is more like an urgent safety service announcement that I feel like every Tesla owner needs to know. Um, I also hope that someone from Tesla, maybe from the software team, is listening to this because I think this needs to be addressed as soon as possible, you know, before some bad actor gets a hold of this information and puts our safety at risk. So... Uh, basically what I discovered is if you are sitting inside your Tesla and you lock the uh, car from the app on your phone, the car is not locked. Uh, anybody can open the door from the outside if you do it that way. Um, and the problem is, is that when you do lock your car from the app, from the inside, the car goes through all the motions of locking. It, you know, does that double tonk and the side view mirrors, um, fold in. Cause I have that option, um, activated, you know, the icon changes from unlock to lock. Like it looks like your car is locked and yet it's not anybody can open the door. And the reason for that is because the, um, your phone is in range of the car and that's, so it's designed basically as your key to unlock your car. The way you do that is to lock it from your center console screen. So there is a lock icon located at the top left corner of the map section of your screen. And if you tap that, then nobody will be able to open the door from the outside. If it helps save um, a life or save some people's belongings, I feel like this would have done its job. So anyway, thanks for listening. Um, Take care.
0: Excellent heads up here, Somi. Thank you very much. And I agree that Tesla should probably take some measure to close this potential security vulnerability. I appreciate you calling in and raising this awareness for all of us and for any Tesla employees that might be listening as well. Next is Damon from Northbrook, Illinois.
1: Hey, Ryan, Damon out of Northbrook, Illinois here. Just got done listening to episode 415, where you were talking about the Gen 3 car and its lack of a performance variant at its price target, which makes sense, but it did make me wonder what the performance model three will look like with the new highland refresh do you think there will be any significant performance improvements zero to 60 quarter mile time or will it be something in software like track mode will get better or will it have more range or will it have exterior interior styling upgrades alcantara seats or carbon fiber hoods or bigger brakes wheels whatever You had talked some episodes ago about the Model S and if it were to ever go away that the Model 3 might step up and get some of its performance and range attributes. Specifically, I would love to see the Plaid drivetrain in there. Do you think they'll ever do the Plaid drivetrain along parallel with the Model S and it might just be scaled down a little less performance? Be curious to hear your thoughts. As always, keep up the great work and I'll look forward to hearing from you. Thanks.
0: I always appreciate your calls, Damon. You know, your question made me think back to a Patreon poll that I ran, I had to look it up. Last November, when I asked, what would you want most out of a revamped Model 3? And when I went back and looked at the results, only 2% of those who voted chose better performance. So what that tells me is that even out of us hardcore Tesla enthusiasts who listen to Tesla podcasts and vote in Patreon polls, the existing 0-60 to 60 in 3.1 second muscle of the Model 3 performance is plenty. Now, I'm with you. I'd love to see more. But the reality is that Tesla might not need to add any more punch to it until the competition catches up, which they really still haven't for the most part, certainly at that price point. Now, of course, Tesla also didn't need to make a 5,000-pound full-size sedan that can go 0-60 to 60 in 1.99 seconds either, but they did. So anything might be on the table. Now, realistically, I think a Highland performance version might get into the high twos on the 0-60 to 60 time, but probably no quicker than that in order to keep it away from the Model X plaid, which would cost over twice as much as a performance Model 3 in the Highland revamp. I can't wait to find out what exactly the new Model 3 can do, though. So hopefully, like I said earlier in the podcast, we should be six months or less away from having that information. Finally this week, Christy from Austin Calling in, go ahead, Christy.
5: Hey Ryan, it's Christy in Austin. Just wanted to call in, say hi, and uh, give you a little update on things out here in Texas. Um, It's been four years since I've been here, and in the beginning I used to play the same game you did in the Bay Area, where I would count the number of Teslas I saw, and the different models and all that, but at this point it is, It's crazy, it's just like the Bay, they are everywhere. I just dropped off a friend at the airport and I couldn't even keep track of how many Teslas there were. It was like a third of the vehicles, which I love. But anyways, after that I drove past the Giga Factory, and man, it is gorgeous. That building is huge and beautiful and it was morning and the sun was hitting this side of the windows and I just, it looks like Mecca. Um, And then the other thing that I wanted to share, which was kind of funny, is as I was driving, some of these toll roads here in Texas have an 80 mile per hour speed limit, which of course means everyone drives even faster than that. And it's honestly the first time that I was frustrated by the 85 mile per hour limit on autopilot because these long stretches of toll road is the perfect place to use autopilot. And I'm capped at 85, which means I have to keep getting into the right lane to let all the other cars pass by me. So anyways, just thought that was kind of funny. The the fact that 85 miles per hour is actually an issue here. Um, Maybe it's only in Texas problem, but anyways, hope you're doing
0: well. Take care. It's always great to hear from you, Christy. I don't know how slow or fast that multiplying of the Tesla population on the roads there has been like for you, but for, for me here, it's always been a lot. But now it's at the point where almost literally every intersection has at least one Tesla, if I look around. In fact, just earlier this week, I was driving home, coming up the freeway, back towards San Francisco, and I looked and I noticed that I was in an accidental pack of four Teslas, just all clustered together in the the left lane and then the, the second lane, which is where I was. I mean, it's no surprise that the same thing has happened in your neck of the woods, certainly, given that Austin is now the official Tesla headquarters. And of course, Austin has been a tech town long before Tesla and Giga Texas arrived. And by the way, Thanks for the reminder about the 85 mile an hour speed limit for autopilot. I will confess I had completely forgotten about it. And maybe Tesla was hoping that we would all forget about it. But yeah, we did. We never got that 90 mile per hour autopilot limit back. It just, it hasn't happened since the switch over to the vision system. I mean, it seems like something that tweeting at the CEO or, or I guess... Uh, xing at the CEO to try and get his attention about would be the would be the probably the most prudent move. Which again, I wish there were a a better channel to try and do that. But yes, uh, xing. I know there was a a fake thing, thankfully fake, because this is ridiculous. That that was going around that uh, was a fake Twitter support page that said. Tweeting is now called zeting X-E-E-T. It's like, and and that went around because it it seemed real, right? It seemed like something that Elon might do. Thankfully, that was proven to be not the case. So I guess we're still calling it tweeting for now. Anyway, uh, it does honestly seem like a thing where if you tweeted it at Elon and could get his attention on it, that it might be something where, some, some progress would rapidly occur. Like it it would be, it would be prioritized. But, uh, I I suppose that it's, there's probably not a technical limitation to it at this point. I have little doubt that Tesla could get back up to 90 miles an hour on the Vision autopilot system. They're probably just allocating their resources elsewhere, but it's you guys in Texas, Montana, uh, at least... Those two, I'm not sure if there are others that could definitely stand to have a higher autopilot speed cap than 85 miles per hour. Thanks for your call, Christy. Thank you to everyone that kindly took the time to call in. I will get to more Ride the Lightning phone calls. Well, not next week, like I said, because I've already locked and loaded next week's show, but keep them coming, and when I get back, I will get to more of your Ride the Lightning hotline calls. I do genuinely appreciate that so many of you take the time and effort to call in and possibly be a part of the podcast, because as I've said many times, I really do think the phone calls add a lot. I think they make this podcast better, having all of your voices in here as well. All right, I'm not done yet. Just going to grab a quick drink of water as, uh, as my throat's getting a little dry, but I shall return with more Ride the Lightning for you right after this.
3: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: Here at the end of the podcast where I tell you what I'm up to, I have to tell you about a, a, a strange thing that happened right in front of my house the other day. So, Cruise, the self-driving, one of the self-driving startups, they run a bunch of modified Chevy Bolts that have all the LiDAR equipment on them. So, at least here in San Francisco, I don't know how many cities they're doing this in, but Cruise has started running driverless self-driving cars. I guess that's redundant. They've started running driverless cars through my neighborhood recently. I've seen plenty of them over the past couple years, but whenever I would, there would always be a human being in the driver's seat. Now, maybe the car was self-driving, but there was a human there to intervene if necessary, similar to to FSD beta in our cars. Anyway, now there are empty cars driving around my neighborhood. And what I want to tell you about is a very dystopian moment that happened, as I said, in front of my house, This past weekend, I was washing my car in my garage, and when I do that, I keep the garage door open. Get some natural light in there, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Anyway, suddenly I hear angry honking outside. So I ignore the first one, you know, hey, that stuff happens. But then, after the second one, a few moments later, I poke my head out of my garage, and I look look uh, out in the street, and... I see a row of four to five cars. And, and I say that because my street here in San Francisco is narrow enough that only one car can proceed through at a time because of the cars parked on either side of the street. So there's sure enough, there is a cruise, a modified Chevy Bolt with all the LiDAR gear all over it that's sitting just a little uh, down the street just a, another, another couple houses down with its hazard lights on and no one's in the car. And the car is just sitting there, not moving. So my next door neighbor also comes out and he goes over, he looks at the car, he can't find a phone number like on the windshield or the w- any of the windows or anything like that to try and report this driverless car that's just stopped and it's holding up traffic. Meanwhile, Everybody behind the cruise vehicle had to just, after a bunch of honking, once they finally figured out that that honking was not going to do anything, they backed up to the other end of the block and had to go a different direction, which is its own annoying inconvenience. After a few minutes, thankfully, a couple of cruise engineers showed up in another Chevy Bolt, a plain one, and one of them just got into the stuck cruise vehicle, and drove away in it. But it was just so weird that people were getting angry at a driver that didn't exist. They were getting angry at a machine. And th- and I'm I'm not blaming them by the way because this mer- machine had had screwed up and it was you know, it was it had done a dumb thing of just stopping in the middle of the street and holding everybody up. But my thought was, well, That's not a great way to get people to be accepting of new technology when it inconveniences people like that by not working correctly. Now, I'm not saying that such a project can be perfect. I mean, the Tesla FSD beta in our cars now is evolving nicely, but we're still not sending them, meaning our cars, to fetch our kids from school with nobody in the driver's seat. We're not at that point yet. But again, I too, I would have been really annoyed if I had just been stuck behind this cruise vehicle that, that just decided to stop in the middle of the street and put its hazards on. So just a, a bizarre thing that happened in, in the EV space and right in, in the, in the driverless space right in front of my house the other day. Anyway, in happier news, my five-year Tesla versary. Is coming up. In fact, it's uh, it's yesterday as you're hearing this. I'm recording this as I usually do on Friday, uh, which is July 28th. So it's tomorrow as I record this. And coincidentally enough, and fittingly enough, on my actual test five-year Tesla anniversary, half a decade, I will be down at Tesla Takeover in San Luis Obispo, which I've been mentioning here at the end of the show on the last few episodes. So I am looking forward to seeing a number of you there. Uh, many of you have reached out to me to say you are coming. So uh, that's awesome. And I just have to say, man, five years later, I'm at 56 or 57,000 miles on the odometer. I actually haven't looked lately, but I still, it, it just scouts on her. You know, I <laughs> hooked me up to a lie detector test. I still adore my Performance Model 3 th- like like the day I got it. I mean, I mean, okay. I mean, realistically, some of that initial shock of actually finally making my Tesla dream come true and owning a Tesla, some of it inevitably has worn off, but the car really, really does still make me happy. I still love it. I still love driving it. I still love cleaning it. I still love looking at it. It has just been awesome and it's such a privilege. I'm so grateful for the the opportunity to have one of these cars. It really is just something special that I'm I'm so thankful and grateful to be a part of. And this podcast and all of you are are a big part of that. And on the on the back of my five year Tesla anniversary, my eight year anniversary of doing this podcast, is coming up this week while I'll be away as well. Episode 1 of Ride the Lightning, published back on Sunday, August 2nd of 2015. So, that's maybe some of you might be listening to this on August 2nd here. So, uh, 8 years of this podcast, what a ride. I still love doing it, as I tell you from time to time at the end of the show and here's to the next 8 years cuz I have no plans of stopping or slowing down anytime soon. I adore this thing. I love that you all come along for this ride with me to to share in this this collective enthusiasm that we have for Tesla and the cars and the company and its mission. It's just it's just awesome and and Cybertrucks about to come out, which is going to be one of the most exciting things not just in Tesla history but maybe even in automotive history. So eight years of Ride the Lightning, I'm super proud of that, and I hope to continue to build on it. So whether you've been listening for the entire eight years or the last eight episodes or or whatever it is, thank you. Just in all sincerity, thank you for listening. Thank you for giving this podcast a try. Thank you for sticking with me. So... Uh hopefully the Tesla takeover went well cuz like I said it will have happened by the time you hear this. I'm leaving early 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 tomorrow morning to head on down there and I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Real quick I'll give you an entertainment recommendation before I give you your pro tip of the week and it's one of my favorite stand-up comedians has a new stand-up special. It's on Prime Video. Jim Gaffigan. Love Jim Gaffigan. His new special on Prime Video is called Dark Pale, and uh, Gaffigan's great. And by the way, he's pretty family-friendly, too. There's no uh, no profanity that isn't already on basic television. I guess I'll, I'll put it that way. So uh, you might, you know, you, you could put it on with the family in the room, but um, you don't necessarily, you know, or, or if you just love comedy and maybe your kids don't, that's okay. You just watch it. It's fun. It's funny. It's good stuff. Jim Gaffigan pro tip of the week, Jonathan from Atlanta, who is responding to the gentleman from, I think a few episodes back that was saying that he, the autopilot nags to get your hand on the wheel have gotten worse that in his perception, they've gotten worse. So here's Jonathan with a pro tip about that.
2: Hey Ryan, awesome podcast, man. Keep it up. Love it. I wanted to respond to the gentleman. I can't remember his name that I had, talked about how he noticed that the the nags have gotten a lot worse since they use that interior facing camera and i've noticed the same thing like i I can't even like you know pick a radio station or not a radio station but you know choose on spotify without it yelling at me um so i found a small trick that that helps reduce those nags and it's just to wear pretty Decent reflective sunglasses, and it'll still it'll still nag you if you if you legitimately turn away and aren't paying attention. But you can at least briefly look down to, like I said, select a song or you know maybe type in an address or something along those lines. So just thought that might be helpful. This is Jonathan from Atlanta.
0: Thanks, Jonathan. Well, maybe that's been my quote unquote secret, if you will, because you, as you may remember, I said that I haven't really had this issue at all. But maybe it's because I always wear sunglasses during the day when I'm driving. But yes, good suggestion here. Thank you very much. If anybody has uh, has been bothered by this, as the gentleman that called in was, maybe give that a try. Hopefully that'll help. If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week, please send it in. And I will play it on the podcast sometime. You know, I only play one a week, but I will get to it. I have a nice little queue of these and uh one a week send it in which you can do so the same way that you send a regular ride the lightning hotline call which i gave you the instructions for just a few minutes ago before i go it is time to mention some friends of ride the lightning affiliates that can hopefully be of use to you starting with abstractocean.com they've got a million different awesome tesla aftermarket accessories for any of the four Teslas currently in production. Check them out at abstractocean.com. They have a lot of cool lighting based accessories. They also have the really nice fourth generation tempered glass screen protectors for the cars as well. So all that, so much more at abstractocean.com. Pile everything that you like into your online shopping cart. And then use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces, good for 15% off of your first order. Next up, the snap plate. If you need or want a front license plate bracket for your car because you need or want to put a front license plate on the car... I strongly encourage you to use the snap plate, which you can get from everyamp.com RTL. That's E-V-E-R-Y-A-M-P.com RTL. The front license plate bracket that's really nice and minimalist. And when it's on, it's on securely. And when it's off, it's completely removed. It leaves no unsightly hardware or anything else behind. Check it out. Meanwhile, BudgetsafeSolar.com has your back and your roof. If indeed you'd like to do solar for your home or business, if Tesla doesn't work out for you, Tesla Solar, check them out, BudgetsafeSolar.com. They now offer home battery storage as well as part of their solar packages. So do take a look, BudgetsafeSolar.com. They will work with you to create the a a nice custom system that accomplishes your goals again with me tesla just kind of does the cookie cutter thing and they don't really get into a lot of heavy customization and i get it they're trying to just get as many solar panels solar roofs done as they can so i don't hold any grudge against tesla but if you end up falling into that category that i did where the the tesla Default doesn't work for you. I do sincerely encourage you to take a look at budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do end up proceeding with a solar installation with them, please use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections, super talented, awesome car detailer here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. So if you're here or you're going to be here, with a car that you really care about, whether it's your Tesla or maybe something else fun in your garage that you love, I strongly encourage you to book an appointment with Immaculate Reflections, which you can do by going to the website, irdetailing.com and get in touch through there. And if you do book in any work for your Tesla or any other car that you have that you care about, that you wanna get some detailing work done on, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a nice little discount waiting for you. So whether it's ceramic coating, paint protection, uh, excuse me, paint correction, or paint protection film, or some combination thereof, irdetailing.com, Immaculate Reflections, has you covered. puretesla.com slash RTL, they have you covered for the best dash cam and sentry mode setups that you can get for your Tesla because they are micro SD based, which is a memory storage format that is far more durable than regular USB flash memory for the constant reading and writing, the constant accessing that the dash cam and sentry mode need to do. So get yours at pureteslacom slash RTL. It's just $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit and it's shipped free anywhere in the U.S. If you're not in the U.S., they'll still get it to you. They'll just be a modest shipping fee. There's also the 256-gigabyte version for $69 if you prefer that. So head on over to puretesla.com slash RTL. Finally, the Patreon, I mentioned it at the top of the podcast. But as I said there, that is the way that you can voluntarily choose to support the podcast I'm so grateful to the folks that do choose to do that, and perhaps this here on the eighth anniversary this week of Ride the Lightning, again, maybe you've been listening for a while, whether it's one year, two years, however long it is, if you find that you're listening every week, you're really enjoying the podcast, you're getting something good out of it, I would humbly ask Maybe now's the time, maybe in another week or two, whatever, you know, whenever it's going to work for you. But I would humbly ask that you at least take a look at my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and just take a look at the different support tiers there. So I mentioned the free trial, the free seven day trial that you can do for the $10 a month tier that gets you the weekly lightning round bonus episode, mini episode, and also the early access to each week's show. By the way, the uh, the Patreon backers this week are going to get, for episode 418, they're going to get very, very, very early access to it because I have to lock and load it before I leave on my family trip. So, little extra bonus perk on the early access there for those of you kind enough to support me on Patreon. Uh, But the one other thing I'll mention here is not only the seven-day trial, but if you want to support as a yearly pledge rather than a month-to-month pledge, you get a 10% discount if you do the annual pledge, the once-a-year pledge, at whichever tier, at any of the tiers. So again, if you see it in your heart at some point in time, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast totally for free, just so that the podcast pushes out to you automatically whenever there's a new episode, which is always every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. I'm on all the major podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I guess I might as well stop mentioning Stitcher at this point since it's going away. Tune in. Spotify, and then, uh, YouTube podcasts as well. So find me on YouTube. It's just audio. There aren't any videos to look at really, but if you do just prefer to listen there, if that's convenient for you, search ride the lightning Tesla on YouTube, you should find me very, very easily. I'm on Twitter or I guess it's X. I'm on X, which sounds like a drug situation, but that's not the case. I'm on the social media app X with the handle DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I have the same handle DMC underscore Ryan on Instagram as well. If you'd like to follow me on either of those social media platforms and Oh, my referral link, if you need it, it is TS dot LA slash Ryan seven, three, zero one, four. If I'm the, uh, the only Tesla person in your life right now and you're ordering a Tesla, use that link so that you get the loot box points. You get the discount. You get, you get those bonuses for using the referral link. I want to say a big thank you now at the end of the podcast to the plaid maximum plaid and roadster in space tier backers, all these kind folks who are generously backing me at the upper tiers of the Patreon. I will start with the Maximum Plaid group because there is a new Maximum Plaid backer this week. Hello and thank you very much to John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey. I sincerely appreciate your pledge. Also a big thanks to the rest of the Maximum Plaid backers. They are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, who I'll be seeing tomorrow, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoie, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, and Matt Kalin. Thank you all very, very much. Next up, the Roadster in Space tier backers. Big thanks goes out to Pete White, to Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacavetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. Finally, I want to mention and thank the grandfathered in plaid level supporters who continue to very kindly and generously back me at that old plaid level. Thanks to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, who I should also be seeing tomorrow. That'll be fun. Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla owners club of Wisconsin, ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. All right, this has been Ride the Lightning, episode 417. It's been a fun one. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Happy electric motoring, and I hope you enjoy the special something that I've prepared for you for next week's podcast while I'm away with my family. Have a great week, everybody, and I will see you back, of course. In one week, every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific.
2: I mean, I think a Tesla...